Well, hello, folks, and welcome to Chapel Chimes, and this is Pastor Dallas Payton, Jr. Uh, I'm glad that you have tuned in to our uh, podcast, and I think we have with us today, we're working on getting all this set up, Brother Austin Payton. Are you there with us, Brother Austin? I'm here. I can hear you. Okay, good. And we are waiting to join us here in just a few seconds, and I think he has joined us now is another guest and this will be the first time in the history of our podcast here our young history that i have two guests today co-hosts we could say and i think we have nathaniel hobbs with us as well brother nathaniel are you there i'm here my brother okay you guys sound good on my end do i sound good to you guys brother you sound as good as i ever heard you sound okay good so Uh, For those who tuned in to uh, Chapel Chimes, maybe this is your first time. It's just a podcast that's devoted to talking about Christianity and culture and how they kind of intersect with one another. And today we have uh, my son and my assistant, who now is living uh, here in southern West Virginia, and uh, then also just right down the road from me in Pipestem, and then also our friend and Brother Austin's dear friend, uh, from uh, Burlington, North Carolina, Brother Nathaniel Hobbs. And guys, I'm glad that you have been able to join me. And I've got some uh, thing, uh Both of these guys, we've had phone calls even today in the last few days and conversations. And I just asked them, I said, hey, let's get the two of you guys together on a podcast. And so we're going to try it. And guys, are you all ready? We'll jump right in. I'm ready to roll. Sounds all right. Good. Okay, well, I'm going to have a word of prayer, and we're going to begin. Lord, we thank you. I thank you for these guys. I pray you'd help us today, and I pray you'd help us on this podcast to bring honor to your name, to make us think. And, Lord, we just love you, and we praise you. We ask you to be with us now. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, well, guys, I want to begin, and I've got, I have got—I sent you guys a few of our questions, and we're just going to kind of go over them. And, uh, you know, Brother Nathaniel, uh, both of you guys, and actually Brother Mark Brandon, y'all, the, the podcast I had with you guys uh, individually have been very highly rated. In fact, Brother Nathaniel, I think yours is the highest rated uh, than Brother Mark Brandon. Um, so we're looking forward to having your input on some of these things. And I, I want to start, I got, I think I got about four, three or four different segments. I hope we can get, uh, cover them. I want to be quiet here. You guys chime in here. Uh, but um, I got my first segment is uh, a what's got you thinking segment. And uh, I put some things down for me and maybe for y'all too. And then we're going to talk about what advice would you give to young Baptist in the, in the day in which we live, young preachers, guys and girls, even that uh, preachers and laymen. Uh, then I'll talk a little bit. Uh, in fact, I talked to Miss Cindy, my wife, and she says, Hey, you need to talk about being a preacher's son. I thought that's a good idea. And then I just here today got a got a little information about a local Christian college, a Christian college that was kneeling during the national anthem. And and I thought we would that's a that's a total can of words, but I thought we'd bring that out. So guys, let's begin with what got what's got you thinking. And I wanna I wanna begin with me here, what what I'm thinking about, and I want to hear you guys um to interject and what's your thoughts, and that is the interview that one of the podcasts have with somebody who I think we all kind of really appreciate and actually love, and that is the Mark Lowry interview. Are you guys familiar with uh, what the podcast Recovering Fundamentalist, they had an interview with Mark Lowry. I'm not sure when. I heard some of the clips from that. 
I actually went on today and heard a little bit more of that. And I was, I was pretty shocked with that, with that interview. Have, are y'all familiar with that? Yes, sir. I, I'm going to, I am not, I have not listened to that. Well, also, brother, also let me tell you what, what, what it comes down to. Um, which, and now I'll just say this from my perspective, that whole interview was, I, I just did not, I, I don't know. I saw some people act like that was a great interview. I, I did not think so. Um, and in particular, obviously when he said we did not have the word of God that, um, that we didn't really have the, the, like the Bible wasn't the word of God. And I know he kind of misphrased it and I know he's not a theologian, I guess, you know, even though he talked about a lot of different theologies, but brother, um, brother Nathaniel, what did you think about that? Well, uh, I'll, you know, I was telling someone today, I've obviously, you know, I, I grew up loving Mark Lowry, you know, whenever you're, uh, independent Baptist preachers kid the Gaither vocal band is your version of the Beatles you know uh so <laughs> I grew up loving that but uh I thought that uh you know I was actually interested to see what Mark would say because I didn't know through his family that he grew up in a lot of the same styles that I did and uh you know I think a lot, again a lot of this stuff that you know there, there's there's some good things that they but again, I, I just I feel like Mark is on the same problem that a lot of these guys that are on the I think we've lost uh Brother Nathaniel. Brother Austin, can you hear me? I can hear you. I don't hear him anymore. Yeah, I think I think we knee jerk. You know, they see a couple bad things and they he abandon is. everything. At first, you don't like uh, We can hear you. We lost like... your kind of back up and repeat oh, that. Sorry. It was just can about five or six now? seconds. We heard you talking about how y'all had the maybe the same raise. Say, but he, he really did. You know, Dr. Jerry Fowler was his pastor. Oh. Right, yes. So, you know, I, I knew that uh, that they grew up there you know, Thomas road. And, you know, he went, he was, he grew up in really, you know, in, in Texas there with a bunch of old, you know, old fashioned style churches. But again, as I said, you know, listen to it. And I, I think the same thing with Mark that I do with a lot of these guys on these podcasts where, you know, some things that they say is really good initially. Like I think that their heart may be have, I, I know I, I'm not, I'm not going to judge their heart, but I think a lot of it may have started, in the right place where they see a lot of the faults or they see a lot of the issues, but I see so much knee jerk. When I listen to these podcasts, when I listen to stuff like Mark Lowry, I I see knee jerk to where they see a couple bad things and they end up going completely the whole opposite way and to where like initially, yes, there may be a problem with, you know, with, with maybe a cover up here. And yes, you see a problem with a, with a, uh, you know, crazy rules that are not nowhere in the Bible yet. We, we can agree. All those are very terrible things, but before you know it, you end up making statements like we don't have the word of God. You know, I, I, I just feel (laughs) what I see. That's what, that's what I think. I don't, I I, know it's not very deep, but when I listen to this, I see knee, I see knee jerk. I see. Yeah. And and you know, the thing is, 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 um, like you said, there's, there's a lot of room, brother Austin, you and I've talked about this quite a bit, even, just in private, but there's a lot of room for differences of opinion, differences 
I mean, you might not, you might not go to the same church or worship the same and even have some doctrinal differences. I, I think there's a lot of room within Christianity. And so I, I think many folks that listen to these podcasts and listen, you know, there's blah. It isn't just one, by the way, it's, it's a whole field of, of thought out there. And a lot of times it's people who understand, you know, the way computers and social media work. So therefore it's a pretty young group of people. Um, but you're exactly right, brother. They, it does seem like they go from one ditch all the way over to another. And it's one thing to have difference of opinion, but when you say that we don't have the word, um, that is beyond. And then I think, I think what has been surprising, uh, is also the fact that how, what I've noticed is how they doubled down and how they covered and how, you know, they spent the next however many, I don't even know when it dropped and all that, but, but it, I saw a lot of, of uh, stuff going around saying that it was okay. I, in fact, I was a little surprised and they got really upset and hurt that people even questioned it. Um, yeah. I, yeah. That's where I, like I was, like I was telling you earlier that right there may have been the most upsetting thing to me about the whole situation. Because I will say on Mark Lowry's end, just because I've, you know, I've, I've listened to a lot of stuff. He, he, he is prone to miss, miss, misspeak. You know, I, I've heard him, I heard him, you know, he, he don't believe in right, the immaculate right. conception, but he said he did one time or vice versa. You know, he, 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 you know, he, he, he's, he's misspoke before and I've heard him say stuff like that. You know, he's not, no, that's no stranger to him. However, what I, what, more than Mark Lowry, because, you know, I mean, he's a, you know, he's not a, I guess, you know, well, first of all, you know, not the, the fact that only preachers should be theologians, that's a mistake, first of all. But secondly, uh, you know, that you have this terrible, terrible statement that we do not have the word of God. And then all of a sudden, you know, all these people start, you know, cr- you know, asking about their stance. And uh, yes, some of the some of these men, I guess, comment, they came with bad spirits. I could I could I could agree with that. But. You know, I've saw some men with very sincere questions, and these men simply, like, they laughed about it. I saw putting joking memes about it, and they acted like it is the worst thing that people were outraged by the statement. We yeah, yeah, and I think, that, and I I think like that surprised, that, that really even surprised me, because sometimes we all misspeak. Um, if you preach long, or you do a, we'll probably, I may misspeak today. In fact, I want to put a disclaimer out. If I say something backwards or wrong, please forgive me. And but you, what you do is you own that and, and you move on. Yeah, and and I think I, and I think most everybody would God say knows I miss Mark me. Lowry loves the Lord and believes in the Lord and 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 I believe believes the Bible, even though he did kind of leave that that hanging out there and they never really corrected it, brother Austin. I know you didn't hear it, but you I know you can comment on that statement. <clears throat> we don't have the word because he took. You know, he, he was really talking about Jesus being the word. And it, it, really, what we have in the Bible is not the word. It, and he, he just misspoke about that. Do you have any comment on that, even though you haven't heard it? Um, mine would be more of a an overarching type thought. I think that the whole the issue with all of it, and this is kind of a broad thought, and this kind of this is applicable to more than just this situation of you know theological disagreement. To me. And I've not listened to much. I've only listened to, I think I listened to a little bit of the Phil Kidd interview. I've listened to a little bit. But uh, to me, it is the environment. And then when I hear, when I heard y'all talk about 
the comments on and the memes and the meme types. I'm just going to be honest with you. Call me old fashioned. Uh, I'm not going to have a theological conversation with anyone who's going to use a meme. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just, what is the sense in that? If we're going to be, because to me, theology is a very, and I'm not saying that you got to be solemn to be serious, but I think that this whole, we're going to make fun of people and we're going to laugh at people for their, for their ways that they do things. That is never to me, the Christian context in which you speak to one another and, and, and respect one another's beliefs. Even if you disagree, there should be a respect. Of course, Mark Lowry, he's a funny guy. He makes fun of people. That's kind of his in a, in a jokey way. So, I mean, I really do think he probably misspoke on that, but it seems to me they were, and I didn't listen to it. I'd like to hear the train of thought that took him to that statement. It sounds like they were kind of attacking the, what they call the, the bibliolatry, the kind of the worship of the Bible type thing. That's is that exact, what they were? That's exactly what they were doing. Yes. That, yeah, they were, what I, what I gathered, Brother Austin, was they were, Mark was trying to make the statement that right. the whole purpose right. of okay. the Bible was Jesus, you know, and it should all be right. yeah. He, he, he took it a little far. Ended and, where, it ended where it did. And misspoke. Yeah, and I, and I do think people Hopefully. need yeah, right. And I think people need to give him grace. And, and Brother Lathan, you said it earlier, there was a few people in all transparency and truthfulness there that, that did kind of say, oh, here's my chance to to kind of take a shot back. Because, you know, when you shoot it to King James, you're going to have people that love the King James shoot back at you, right or wrong. That's just going to happen. And I think some of those guys said, oh, look here, they, this guy don't even believe the Bible, period, alone King James. And so I, I do think in all candor, I, I – I really want to give Mark Lowry the benefit of the doubt on that. Uh, even though that whole interview really did not have a good, to me, vibe and spirit. I, I took that different than others. But, you know, everybody has a different thing. Now, speaking of that, guys, and Nathaniel, I've got yours on here on what, what's got you thinking. I was talking to you earlier today, and you just touched on it. And I, and I, want, to, I want to hit on this when it comes to these, you know, there's blogs and the websites and anonymous accounts on Twitter, on and on we could go. And you said something. I was actually in my in the vehicle today, and I was talking to you on the phone. And you said, "You know, brother, they're coming. They are." And also, you just kind of talked about it too, putting these memes out, doing the things that they're doing. These people, they are becoming like the very thing that they say they're against. And can you touch on that, Nathaniel? Because I wrote down, "Becoming like the extreme." They are one ditch to the other. Yeah, well, like, you know, I think I, I mentioned this the first podcast. Their whole, I remember when you listen to the very first ones, one of the main things that they supposedly hate about the IFB is the fault finding or they hate the, the how they, how they, the, how they, they hate the IFB for putting everybody in a camp and like how apparently if you're not in a camp, you know, they don't use you, which is very real, but that's exactly what they're doing. You know, I mean, if you if you still have anything right. left to yeah, do, it's they've went IFB, from one extreme uh, to the other. I, I think I think people, which I mean, that pendulum swing. You know, I, I did a I, on the last podcast that was about being, you know, tradition, and we've just kind of thrown tradition out the window. Which that brings me to my next part on this: what's got you thinking, brother Austin? We think about that interview, these extremes, and you said something today, and we hadn't talked to each other. I mean. I talked to you guys just minutes today, but you said something that caught my attention. 
And you talked about, and I think these are interconnected. I really do. And I know I'm, we're chiming in here on Chapel Chimes. But you talked about materialism, family, dullness. You talk about some things. And I know you hit on these quite a bit to me. But, and I don't know, I personally think they're interconnected. But, but talk to us a little bit about materialism and what's going on with our young people and, and like the meme culture, if we can say it that way. We're, none of us are surprised that these grown men are communicating in memes. Right. Right. Uh, well, goodness, that's a heavy question. I think if you cover, if you want to try to cover it, you have a whole, whole library of books on the, you know, the political, social issues that have created really what I believe. And I don't want to be pessimistic. I'm, I try not to be a pessimistic person. And I know conservative people tend to be pessimistic. I'm not really conservative in my personality. I enjoy life and I'm kind of an open person. But I just think we live in a moronic culture overall. I think we live in a, in a culture that doesn't even know what exactly it is. I think if you ask people, what is your culture? How do you define your culture? That very few people, um, and this is, I think, the American crisis right now. I think it's happened before in the 19th century, and I think it'll happen again. And I think it's happened right now is what in the world does it mean to be an American? I know you touched on the kneeling issue earlier. Uh, which will touch on that patriotism issue, which is part of our culture, or at least it used to be part of our culture. Then we got the, the issue with patriotism and nationalism. But to answer your question, I think that there has been a lack of the ability to cultivate um, thinking. I think the ability to think, to reason for oneself, uh, to be self-educated, to have a personal quest for knowledge. I think that our culture, I say this often, has replaced the study with the man cave. And that's the greatest illustration I could give you. I think that we are frying our brains on electronics and drugs. I think if that, if you go back and read the dystopian novel by Aldous Huxley, a brave new world, and you read some of his predictions, he was, he wasn't by any means a Christian man. He was just being honest about what he saw around him in the thirties, in the 1930s. He predicted that technology would take people to a place where they know technology is, I think, a cause of a lot of this, which which is uh, part of the materialism issue. Technology is not in itself. I mean, I'm using an iPad and a pair of AirPods right here, right now. Technology in and of itself is not wrong, but technology gives us great convenience and convenience gives us power. When you give people a lot of power uh, with great power, what is it Uncle Ben says on Spider-Man? With great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> with great power comes great responsibility, and we're handing thirteen-year-olds great power. Thirteen-year-olds that are not learning how to read, write, think for themselves, appreciate art and culture, and Christianity is a religion. I know we don't like the word religion uh, because, and and for good reason. We mean you know the whole uh, formalism. We're not against that. We believe in a personal as Protestant people. We believe in a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. I mean, we are products of the Great Awakening. All of us are products of the Great Awakening, which was all about being born again. However, the ideas of religion, of the Sermon on the Mount, of loving your neighbor, these are not utilitarian. They are not materialistic. Christianity is anti-materialistic. And so when you have a culture that loves stuff, that loves technology, that loves convenience, that won't sit down and read and think and have meaningful conversation or visit a loved one or find any sort of beauty in the world. 
and it's just from one from one tingling sensation to the next you have a culture that loses its ability to even communicate with one another and i think and i, and I know he was a transcendentalist and we disagree with their their some of their pantheism of course we disagree with that when they when they verged on that but you know you remember the famous american uh, poets and writers ralph Waldo emerson henry david thoreau and henry david thoreau of course went and lived in the woods for two years wrote that famous book walden that everybody reads now in american literature but he made i think a very interesting he hated materialism and we would and he lived during the industrial revolution and this rise in materialism he saw it and it scared him and they had just figured out how to send some sort of trans transatlantic cable where they could communicate now from Texas to New York or something like that. And Henry David Thoreau simply said, yes, but does Texas have anything to say to New York? In other words, we have all this power, all this technology, all this wealth, but nothing to say to one another. No way to even communicate. And uh, that's just scratching the surface. I don't want to talk too long no that's good well i'll tell you what you I, took, I think that a lot of that i think that a lot of that is the case you just took his podcast in pretty deep water there i don't know if i can get back up to the surface that's pretty good brother i like that <laughs> that's for but of course you did I, use I, a spider-man right uh, reference so that that kind of yeah. kept us uh, when you when you spend hours with seventh and eighth graders you learn how to do that you learn how to use some spot which that's Actually, very deep wisdom in, in that. But, right. But, I, I, yeah, that's a great, great quote. I had heard that. I think I was younger. You know, do you have anything to say? And, and that's kind of what, you know, when you hear some of the – I think the meme culture that we live in, and when we say meme, if you're listening, you don't want to – most everybody, I think, would listen to a podcast knows what a meme is, M-E-M-E. -E. Uh, it, it, it's just a, a picture of some sort. It could be a drawing or anything, but instead of words, it has meaning. And, and it can be a, a, a pretty deep meaning sometimes, uh, a way to reword things. But it usually is pretty immature and silly um, is what I find. But, Nathaniel, will you agree with what Brother Austin's saying there about and how that, how that kind of goes into um, what, what's going on right now? Wholeheartedly. Yeah, it's, it's no secret that uh... – you know, the shape of the church is in the shape it's in when you have, when you literally have theological conversations and when someone asks you a valid question, if you believe you have the word of God yeah. to answer with a Batman meme, you know, I was like, you know, you know, and again, again, it goes back to it, you know, you know, even deeper than that, the fact that, you know, you have people like, like, like I said, they're literally spending all this money. And they're doing all this fancy stuff to literally make fun of people's ways of life. You know, instead of, you know, there's no, there, there's no biblical conversation. There's no, there's no, there's, there's never any free thinking anymore. And I think whenever you see that, you, you, you lead us to the place we're at right now. And that's why people can't even have a conversation. You cannot, we, we've got away from all that. Obviously I can't say it better than brother Austin did, but. I wholeheartedly agree. Well, no, and, and it is no I guess what I've been surprised that that's I, like how you said, I'm, I won't say I'm surprised, but it does. It puzzles me, I guess I might would be the better word of how much time is spent. And I think it, brother, you go back to this because just, we have a lot of power at our fingertips, but I kind of waited in, in the last week or two now, I guess, but you know, somebody put something on, on Twitter. I'm probably more into Twitter than both of you guys, but, and, you know, a lot of preachers are on Twitter. Um, 
I wouldn't have done this on Facebook because it even it even been worse. But um, I kind of waited in because some of these guys literally look to me, and and maybe you guys know computers better than I do. You guys are younger, of course, but it looked to me like these guys are just spending hours and hours and hours to attack preachers. I mean, they, I mean, I can understand, you know, here or there making a comment, but I mean, it's video clips, uh, very obscure clips, clips from you know, certain sermons. And I know they defend it by saying, well, you know, that's what they're putting out online. But I listen to preaching all the time and I just don't catch, you know, this 40 different preachers with, you know, 40 different sermon clips. Uh, I'm puzzled at the amount of time that is spent just to criticize because somebody has a different style um, than you. Are y'all puzzled by the amount of time that's going into all that? Uh, I think that uh, I definitely am. I'm not puzzled by the amount of time wonder, at all. What think... do these people do for a living? Can you? I can hear. You. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean. I didn't mean to cut him off. Was Nathaniel talking? No, I was just wondering. I wonder what these people do for a job. Right. Right. Yeah. Or do they sit all day and they literally just watch which preacher? Well, they see, that's what right? that's what like Miss Cindy, my, <laughs> Miss Cindy said. Hey, you know what are they? What are they? Because I'm explaining. You know, she don't understand it. She was just like, "What are they doing? You know what, what's what's going well, on?" I know, I know. I'm a young man and I have a job. And between my job and my new bride and and my responsibilities to her, my responsibilities to you know my my local church and my job and my home and. I don't have time to to do such things, but I will tell you, people spend a lot of time on on electronic. That's a, that's another thing we could talk about. Is this culture has no idea how to properly use leisure time at well, all? Do you, do you guys think? Do you guys think that part of, let's just say, Twitter, the anonymous accounts, the the blogs, which the blogs are a little bit more in depth and probably a little bit more well researched. Is it really almost like a hobby for these guys? Well, I think that is it a hobby think, instead of playing ball or going hunting or, or you know, well, going out on a boat fishing that they because they love computers, they're around gaming and that type of thing. That it was a natural thing to say, let me use this ability and have some fun and poke some jabs at it. Is that what this is? Well, let, let me say something before I forget because I think that what you're dealing with overall, culturally speaking is satire this is this i would classify these accounts as satire which is you know making serious statements in a funny way and as long as there has been you know newspapers media of any sort books pamphlets there there have been satirical type things is what you're dealing with here but very rarely throughout history has satire lasted very rarely. I, the, the only satire I can think of right now off the top of my head that became a classic would be George Orwell's Animal Farm, which was a satire of communism. Um, because it's very hard to interact with satire. It's very hard to have a conversation because satire is saying what it's saying. It's making fun. It's put, It's kind of like it's kind of reminds me of those old Theodore Roosevelt political cartoons. Just making you think for the moment. Yeah, you just got to watch it, and you can't interact with satire. It's very difficult to do because satire is a joke and a laugh. And so it's hard to go back and forth in a laugh. Because here's the thing. If someone is laughing at you and you approach them solemnly or serious, then they're just going to keep laughing at you. Mm. And they have the upper hand. 
And so that is the art. That's the beauty, really, they would say, uh, the beauty of satire is that, you know, here it is, one-two punch. And satire is very easy, and that's why it's very popular today. I mean, most memes would fall under that category of satire. Well, that's what, uh, you can't uh, – Okay. You can't argue with right. it. Here it is. You can't there argue it is. with it. And so the best thing to do is look at that stuff, giggle, and, and don't take it as that big of a deal. I think the if you give a satirist his say and you make him a big deal, you're giving him more than he deserves. You're giving him exactly what he wants. Mm, okay. Well, and so well, why, we read the funny papers and we giggle and we go on the way I see Right. It. Well, why do you think, Nathaniel, along those lines, I think I think that's a good thinking. Why do you think so many guys that are your all's age and younger, of course, but even maybe a little older, I am a little surprised that some of the people in my age group may be getting, up, getting caught up in it. Why do you think so many guys your age, brother Nathaniel, are are? I mean, they're they're taking that like it's reading, you know, you know, a, a commentary or, you know, reading a Spurgeon sermon. They're taking that it's just like this is really something. I mean, they're they're leaving churches. They're they're impacting their families and all kinds of things over some of the. And I've I've read some of their testimonies. They just act like they've been saved from the depths of legalism. Uh, with a meme, you know, what, what is that? If, if brother Austin, and I think he's onto something, why do you think your all's age group is getting caught up into that so much? Because my generation is addicted to mm, whatever is good. hip right now. I think that's why brother Austin, he told me that a long time ago and it has stuck with me. You got to watch out for preachers and theologies and movements. That's cool. Because in ten years they're not going to be cool, and then you can right. do whatever's next. And it, and it and keeps going further; right it never now. goes back. And it keeps, it always keeps going. And my generation is addicted to it. That's why they change. I mean, you whatever you know, you whatever bat, like you know, all of a sudden. I mean, from a sports world, how many? I never, I didn't know half these people voted for Tampa Bay <laughs> or pulled for Tampa Bay. <laughs> You know what I mean? Is that like oh, all of a sudden you got a hundred million uh, exactly. people looking at football? Exactly. Where, where did all the where did all you the know? Warriors fans and, go? Yeah. Where, where? Hey, wait a minute. I'm still. <laughs> yeah, where, where, yeah. Where's yeah, Doug Nation? At? Where's all the Curry? Oh no, no, hold on. Hey, Wait, come Dallas on now. A He's a Curry guy. He's a Curry guy. guy. Curry dropped fifty-seven the other night and they <laughs> lost. But man. Hey, hey, listen. And I know I have a lot of faults, but nobody can call me that because I, oh. I pulled for the NC State Wolfpack. And we, we oh, man. Oh, yeah. You know, I love them. That's Jimmy V's team. I love that team. That was awesome. I'd love to do one on sports. Uh, but, uh, hey. but guys, y'all hit on something there. And that's the, the what's got you thinking uh, segment. Now, I want to I go on here real quickly, which I'm going to – we could break this up if, if y'all have got time. We, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll keep going here. But – this is a little bit of a switching gears, even though I think all these overlap. But uh, what would you, what would you guys give for advice, let's say, to the young Baptists that maybe are getting caught up in some of the memes and the blogs and the websites and the YouTube? You know, I know, I know, you guys, uh, you know, most of y'all's age group really love to watch the YouTube videos that that are saying, "Hey, I'm I'm ditching my dad's church. I'm ditching." traditional Bible believing place and I'm moving on. What would you guys, how would you guys, what would you guys say to a young man that calls y'all and says, Hey, I'm, I'm getting out. Y'all maybe even had this. What, what would your advice be if somebody's listening and said, okay, 
I won't listen to them, but what are y'all going to tell me? What would you say? Brother Nathaniel, you go first on that. Well, I guess my, I guess my first question obviously would be why. I want to know what their what their reasoning is. Uh, you know, why would they want to leave? You know, cause, I mean, because if it's you know, if it it could be a hundred different reasons, but I feel like, you know, the advice that I would give a bunch of young Baptists. Yeah, that, that's the question, right? Well, we, right, what, yeah. What advice would we give the young Just Baptists? in general. It, I mean, I, I, I framed it in, I in, say, in leaving, you know, because I see so much. Supposedly, I think they overstated, of course. But, um, you, you know, but in general, what would you say? Because I think a lot of them are – one of the things I do think that, that some, some of these Twitter account stuff are is hitting on is that young people are dissatisfied with their daddy's religion, so to speak, to use – and I don't like using the word religion, but, but, you know, and you guys are preachers, sons and, and friends to preachers and no preachers. Right. And uh, no, go ahead. I, yeah, I thought maybe I lost you. Go, go ahead. Cause I think both no, you guys I, you have know, a unique think, perspective you know, a problem. And, and let's just be honest. If anybody could be bitter against churches and Christians, it would be you two guys, and you don't seem to be. And I'm sure you don't agree with everything, and probably things that you don't like about your dads. And I'm one of your dads, but but at the same time, y'all don't seem to be carrying just this baggage of absolute bitterness. Um. Well, I'll let me. I'll answer this because obviously, brother, also <laughs> makes me feel very stupid on this podcast. Like I, I, I listen to Austin talk, and no, I feel no, like no, a no, donkey no. at the Kentucky Derby. I have often said that Nathaniel Hobbs has more practical wisdom than any young man you'll talk to. Pastor Dallas can attest to. I have said yeah, that. Yeah, people absolutely. underestimate. Yes. And his church knows it because they listen to him preach week in week out. But I wouldn't go. I wouldn't say all that. Yeah, you've already been dropping some good, some good truth, but so, so. No, but brother, but I feel very, I feel, I feel like uh, I, I don't even know a good way to describe it, but brother also <laughs> makes me feel very dumb. But anyways, my, you know, I don't, this, I don't even know if this is a kind of, this is something I've been thinking about. Uh, I want to know if people like me and Austin have talked about this actually a lot on the phone especially a couple of years ago when we were going through a lot of these thoughts in our head, we was asking ourselves a whole bunch of questions. I remember asking Austin one time, I said, is our dad's exceptions or is there more of them out See, there than I think there's there are? Deep, there's your deep, there's your good. That's because, good, Nathaniel. That's good. Because here's, like, cause here's my thing. And again, people may call me a sympathizer or whatever you label me. I really don't, I really don't care. But the, the this whole vindi- this whole victimized attitude these guys have, I don't feel that. Like, you know, my dad is independent fundamental pastor, but I know my dad again, I'm I'm twenty five, about to be twenty six. I pastor my own church now. You know, I'm I'm moving I done moved out, you know, I guess you can say I'm my own man now. But I don't feel like, you know, I, I, I feel like yes, I have disagreements with my father, but at the end of the day, I feel like my dad checked all the yeah. right boxes off. Yes, there may be preferences, and yes, there may be, you know, things here or there. But when it comes down to the main thing, my dad checks off every box that there is that you have to check. And, again, you know, I don't know, but like I said, I'm just sitting here. I've had people walk out on our, our church. You know, I mean, I had 
I, I, my dad was r- rough, man. I mean, anybody knows me. I got my last <laughs> whooping on my 18th birthday. <laughs> I was 18 years old the last time my dad jerked a knot on my head, and I'm I'm not over here pouting about it. You know why? Because I know he was right for one thing, but uh, and I've deserved more than I got. But uh, again, like you know, I I I I had to go to Christian school. I remember I remember sitting there when I was in high school. And all these people were fussing about dressing up. And I'm like, that's everyday life to me. I, I just, I don't have, I don't, I don't have the. I'm not up here fussing about, man. I had to wear, a, I, I had to wear this, and had to wear this, and I couldn't run with this crowd, and I couldn't listen to that music. I don't know. That's what I want to know. Is my dad? And maybe y'all can answer this question for me. Are they all these people leaving? They got all these sad stories, and they're so sad they gotta that they gotta have a podcast to, to vent to each other. Maybe, maybe I'm the exception of the rule here but i don't no, think i am no austin i'll let you, brother austin i'll let you uh answer that because you know y'all y'all have uh very similar uh upbringings obviously and and one of the things and one of the reasons i even started this podcast is when i heard what some of these people were saying and i've kind of been watching this for a good while now and i've been watching very very closely and listening very very intently and, you know, I've been in the ministry here in Southern West Virginia and in West, in the state of West Virginia. And, and, and of course, you know, we play sports in other states and things, but I know, I know several pretty decent sized churches because they have Christian school ministries. Most, most churches that have a Christian school have at least some sort of, you know, footprint in their community all across our state and really the, uh, the Virginia region, parts of North Carolina, a pretty big area. And I just don't know anyone at all, hardly. Now, I know there's pockets and I know there's stories, but in our state, which is which is the state of the union, you know, and in, in the state of Virginia, I just, you would have to, re- especially any prominent type of a church in a community. And, and I know different stri- stripes of churches. I know different types of pastors, different schools, the camps and all that. I mean, I, I know it, but I just don't hear anybody that for example we take about legalism i can't hardly tell you somebody that is legalistic now i can tell you some that i would say need to get tighter they're too liberal for me but i don't hardly know anyone that is what you would say defined as legalist and and i think it's a total straw man but now that's i'm older than y'all but brother also you kind of chime in there about are me are the are the randy hobbs of the world are they the exception to this massive legalistic group of mean people? Well, there's no doubt in my mind that Pastor Randy Hobbs and Pastor Dallas Payton, the host of this podcast, are two exceptional men and two quite unique men that balance, I think, conservative, traditional Baptist Protestant Protestantism, not only in their theology but in their in their work ethic and their way of life, with a traditional, I would say, with the twins of Southern, you know, love of family, and of life, and a hatred for any sort of wrongdoing, anything that they think is immoral, and a desire to live a pure and upright life before God and acceptance of authority. But I think that we have been blessed to live, me and Nathaniel both, in homes that were not fraught with hypocrisy. Mm. 
and they were not frocked with, with those sorts of things and with a genuine honesty and love for Jesus and love for his church and also a servant's heart. I've never seen two people than the two men we're talking about. One of them hosting this podcast, like we say. It's kind of weird talking about it, <laughs> but uh, I've never seen two people. And, if, and I know Brother Nathaniel can attest to this, that serve God by serving the church more fervently. Literally have given every second Amen. of every day of their lives to people. And so those are definitely exceptional men. But there's no doubt in my mind that there are more men out there like that. Perhaps not all of them Baptist. Right. Perhaps some of them, perhaps there's some Presbyterians out there that way. Maybe some Methodists out there that way. The problem is, is how we deal with disagreements, I think, with a lot of this. But, but aren't there, I, I, I think also, go but, ahead. Aren't there just way, I mean, you know, I went to, I went to Bible college. You know, I had Dr. Harold Wilmington, who wrote Wilmington's Guide to the Bible, who, who had a great son, a tremendous wife, a, a, obviously a, just a tremendous, I mean, well, which, which I know that's probably, you know, you could say, well, that's a, he's a legend in, in that sense because he wrote that famous work. But he was just a genuinely godly, loving, kind type of a man. Right. And, and the people there I was around. In fact, I, that's what I'm saying. I just don't see, you know, and, and well, I haven't I, talked to Randy Hobbs in months and months. I, I mean, we don't have a personal, but I can be around him 10 minutes. I'm like, oh, this guy is the real deal. And he's got all kinds of preacher friends that are the real deal. Right. Uh, I may not cross my uh, T's and dot my I's the way they do, but I just don't. I mean, they're doing the best they can. They 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 seem like to me they just love the Lord. And he's, when I hear these other people talking, I'm like, what are they talking about? Other than the, and you said it earlier, brother Nathaniel, the famous, you know, the the, the preacher that pastors a place. And he's famous and well-known and falls into some sexual sin with a teenager. And so the whole world says, well, look, all these Baptists are alike. And it's, it's, it's the furthest thing from the truth. Well, I think it's the age. I, I think it's, if I'm, if I'm to continue, yes. am I allowed to continue? Yes, yes. I think it's the age old thing that, oh, look, point, point the finger. Look, hypocrites. I mean, goodness, the, the Anglican church can do that. The Episcopalian church can do that. The Russian Orthodox church. You, you name the most obscure. There's Hindu hypocrites that don't live by what they believe. Who really lives by what they believe 110% of the time? Right. And then we, we point at these, at these hypocrites that do these things, and we say, oh, hypocrisy. And it's kinda, it kind of reminds me of the cultural thing with the rate, you know, the people that say America is inherently racist. And all of us are looking and saying, you show us individual instances of racism and we will agree with you that it is wrong and we will want it gone you show us individual instances of people that think you're a godlier if you wear a white dress shirt you show us individual instances of people who cover up sexual immorality and last i checked it was a conservative baptist preacher who went after that and stopped that more than anybody else, when it comes to one of those cover-ups that I'm thinking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, brother, brother, uh, he was up in uh, his name Shiflet. Yeah, Shiflet up in Maryland. Absolutely, came out with both guns. We agree. Yeah. That's I think that's what Nathaniel has said too. We agree with that. This stuff, these rules and stuff. And I think we'd be lying to ourselves to think that among our more conservative circles and among our more conservative Christians, there is a twinge of well, if you do this and this, you you're godlier. There's a twinge of that, but the, but that has been going on 
that has been going sure. on for years and years. That's always been in, in cultures. We, we do the same thing politically. If you vote for this and you vote for that, and we've done that for years, people automatically are judgmental. A lot of people are that way. Right. But you don't judge an entire people group based upon you know, the faults of these. And I, I think it's just, like I say, it goes back to an inability to think seriously. And the reason I never got to answer this, so I wanted to answer it. The reason that I'm not bitter, I think, is is I was not raised in a legalistic household. Mm. And I was raised to be a free thinker. And I, I'm, I am as thankful for yes. that as anything else. Because I, I was raised with, here's tradition, here's Christianity, here's authority, and you need to think it through. Instead of, I do think there are a lot of people that have it beat over their heads. I think that does. I think that I does agree. exist. And I think it's wrong. But so do many Christians. Many Christians think that right, this is wrong. Right. And so I, I think that we have to be a little bit more careful with how we differentiate, you know, people and what people are thinking and how you pin this person down and think this person believes this and this and this. And, and I think that they have created a little bit of a larger movement in their minds that actually exists. But I don't know. I don't know. All I know is in my personal domain, I have a church, a little country church that I am called to serve. That's not perfect. That has faulty people in it. But I am one of those faulty people. And so I just don't understand where the humility is or the servant's heart is. And I mean, I could spend if I spent my days posting on Facebook and social media about, about everything that I disagree with or find fault with, with my cynical nature, I wouldn't have a friend <laughs> in the world, nor should I have a friend in the world. And yet that's essentially what these people do. Now, they do it while laughing and joking. But, you know, that's my yeah, that's good. I'll stop yeah, there. That's, that's good. And, and Nathaniel, you and I were saying this today, and before I, I move on, just this last thing I want to talk about, but you were saying something – today you and i were saying you know there's a lot of this and also you just touched on it too but we agree with it and if there's any good that has come out of some of these things is like when stacy shift when i watched the youtube video probably the, the somehow i come across that almost right after he he put it out because he put he he put the link on twitter and i mean i may have been one of the first ones to see that or at least the first 10 or 15 and i mean he come out just with both guns blazing and he had a lot of people jump in and say, hey, we're with you on this. And in a sense, that's really been something that all of us would say. Now, let me say this. Stacey, I've used his name, so I want to make, make this clear in case something comes back. He is not amongst the, the recovery. He would not want it to be termed that way at all. Uh, right. That's why yeah. I used him. That's why I used yeah. him as an Right. He would be. And he went after that cover-up harder than anybody yeah, else. Yeah, period. period. Whoever it may be. Right. He was – in fact, he led that uh, and probably has some enemies right. because of that. But, 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 oh, but brother, there, so. there, there has been some good things, though, you and I were talking about today, that have came out of this. Yeah, I, I, like I said, even, you know, even the whole – go back to the Mark Lowry situation. I think – I may be wrong, and Brother Austin, I would love to hear his thought on this. I think a lot of this stuff starts with the right mentality. You know what I mean? Because you see the abuse of these things. Me and so Brother Austin, communism. you know. <laughs> right. But yeah, Austin, you exactly. keep wanting to take this podcast right, deep. Exactly. <laughs> I, well, no, well, well, that's the, well, that's the whole point of what I'm saying. I, I, thank you, Austin, because you, I mean, in a way more deeper way, you're saying what I'm saying. 
I think these things start right, but all of it ends up right. being a slippery slope, yeah. you know, because, because like you say, you end up talking about, you end up talking about, you know, crazy rules that people have that I, I guess I never had that first of all, but these guys preach that and stuff like that. But then next thing you know, you know, you're in a whole other group of people, you know, listening to preachers in skinny jeans and dance teams on the stage. And you're saying statements like the Bible was the word of God, you know, it just, it's a slippery slope. But like I said, going back to it, I think they start right. Cause you know, anybody, I would say this, I would say anybody that covered up abuse, it needs to be talked about right. anybody, you know, doing these things like, you know, you know, any anything you preach as, as authority that has no biblical background, that's well, they, I think out, what I know? see is they but, go from making fun of like I have a personal conviction about wearing a tie when I preach and, and uh, as a pastor, you know what they call the preacher's uniform. They would laugh me to scorn and make fun of somebody. And I and they say they don't, but I've literally heard them talk about making fun of people's ties. And and some of that is even kind of with a wink and are kind of ribbing you. I have no problem with that, but they go, like you said, from saying, Oh my goodness, he's got on his tie. You know, they're making fun. He wore his tie to the beach. He wore his tie on vacation. They'll make fun of a guy like that. And, but and which, and we might would say, well, you know, he probably shouldn't wear his tie going deep sea fishing, you know, and, and maybe laugh with him and, and kind of can see their point to, to, they go to from that to all the way over saying, well, we don't know if the Bible's the word of God or not. I mean, that's a pretty big, that's a, yeah, those are two separate yeah, issues. Yeah, and they no go doubt. from one. I mean, you're like, well, yeah. If you wear, if you think wearing a, a, a short sleeve shirt makes you godlier, then you probably ought to be kind of rib, ribbed some about it. But if you really think that we don't have a copy of the Word of God in our hands today, you've changed it. That's a big. That's a big swing. That's a big swing. Well, 100%. let me close, guys. I don't want to keep y'all too much longer. Man, y'all have done great, by the way. And uh, if I was in church, I'd say, can I, can I get an amen? And hopefully everybody would say amen. But as I'm closing here, and, and, there, and woman. yes, and we look, <laughs> we're looking at so many. There you go. There's another part. <laughs> I've had several questions here. Did I, did I say we lived in a moronic culture? I know. There you go. That really is moronic. And, and But you hit on something there, too, but before I forget, Brother Austin, about there is a there's a bigger connection between these guys who are theologically liberal. And we're seeing this, like, for example, in the Southern Baptist convention that I do still keep up with uh, somewhat in the news, especially, but there is a very, I believe personally, a big connection between uh, people that are in the Southern Baptist convention and their liberal politics. And, and if you don't believe, if you're listening today, if you've got this far to the podcast, if you go back and look at what Beth Moore has tweeted and talked about and her politics, you're kind of got your head in the sand. If you don't believe that some of the movement within Baptist circles is not connected to liberal politics, uh, they are interconnected. Now, how far and, and all that, it depends, but because we're seeing now with this, all this intersectionality, the, the, you know, the, you know, we can't be too many, you know, I saw a, 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 a prominent Southern Baptist leader talking about the transgender and homosexual movement, how they need to change. And I mean, that stuff is coming. And, and 
I think it's very much more connected than we want to admit uh, when it comes to their politics. Very prominent people came out, for example, in the election against Trump that, that are really evangelical leaders. And everybody's like, what in the world? And in fact, I think one of you guys had told me about that and I didn't even know. So, uh, so I think it's connected, but let me, in, in fact, that leads me to my last thing guys. And that is a local, of course, brother Austin would know this college. I'm not even going to say the name, even though it was on Facebook here just a few minutes ago and people around here kind of, some were, some were applauding it, but a Christian college and i think it's affiliated with the southern baptist convention um they kneeled as a group now the coaches did not but as a group as as is their right as we hear all the time but they a christian college kneeled during the national anthem at a small school here in southern west virginia kneeled during the national anthem and i thought we'd close i know that's opening up a can of worms but but I hear Austin giggling. I don't know which one of you want to go first, but, but go ahead. Let, let Brother Austin go first because Austin tells <laughs> me what I believe about things. Yeah. Brother Austin, you go. Yeah, naturally, I'll, I'll go first. I, 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 I feel like that conversation, y'all have y'all ever seen it where where his preacher one time was in his Q&A and uh, someone asked him what he believed. And the guy, and the guy, other guy responding because why do I always believe? That's how I feel about Brother Austin. I feel like I think. I feel like I. That sounds like a doctor. That does. Right there. That definitely. That definitely. I didn't want to say names. That's what I'm talking about. But. Sorry, are you saying that Brother Austin's on the level of Austin's bro? That is a compliment, bro. I was gonna say I don't know about that. I don't know. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say I'm gonna say RC Sproul who talked to Austin. I see that makes me want to pick some RCs for off the shelf over here. But I will say this hey. off, off the top of my head, I will say this. You could not kneel during the North Korean anthem. You could not kneel during the Russian oh my. anthem. He's, he's bringing it strong. He's bringing you, it. You, you could not kneel during the United Arab Emirates anthem or the Iranian or on and on I could go. The right to kneel was purchased by the blood which the red on that flag represents. So to me, kneeling is in itself a contradiction. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say, secondly, it's an extremely, you have the right to be foolish, of course, and that's exactly what it is. And that's not just an opinion. Pick up a history book and read, and what you have here are people who have read history books. These people are not uneducated. They are miseducated, mm-hmm. and they need to be de-educated. They need to have the weed. You got to pull those weeds before you plant any seeds. And they have a lot of weeds of revisionist history. And they have been told that America, the United States of America, is an inherently racist culture because the people that began this culture were immigrants from England, many of them rural people living in farmland that inherited the slave trade from their ancestors and oh my goodness when they came over here they did not abolish something that they inherited for the past 200 300 years so these are historical political issues that and on and on we can go however when you take into account human nature and we think about the beginning of the united states of america with the declaration of independence the most unique and influential historical document in the history of the world Now, usually when you say in the history of the world, you're speaking hyperbolically or making a joke. But you can say 
that the Declaration of Independence, along with the Constitution, you could tack it on there, is the most unique political attempt in the history of the world. Human nature is basically bad. It's basically sinful. We killed more people in the 20th century than the previous 19 combined. The Russian government in the 20th century killed 20 million of its own people. The Nazi government attempted to eradicate an entire race of people, leaving six and a half million corpses in its wake. Uh, in 1895, people had as little as a dollar a week to live on. Um, well, what, we, what you don't hear is yesterday, I think over, over I, I heard, I'm not sure if this is true, I don't have an official statistic, but I've heard talk that thousands and thousands of people are being pulled out of poverty in America daily. Uh, what you don't hear is that there are there are as many you name me a country that has more. I'm guessing they knelt over racism. This is the least racist country in the world. Period. Amen. Period. When you think about how sinful human nature is, how messed up human nature is, and you think about what the United States of America is able to do through a three branch government with a written constitution, the only constitution in the world in the history of the world that has existed for two centuries. I think France has had between 15 and 20 constitutions since 1789. We have had one. When you think about what, how wicked human nature is and the enterprise and the ability that America has had to give opportunity to more diversified people groups than any other culture in the history of the world, period, and fight for that right and shed their blood and always be the good guys 90% of the time, I know it's not a perfect culture, but it's because it's full of imperfect people. When you take into account the utter failures across world history that republics have gone under of the fall of Rome, of the fall of the golden age of Greece and their violence in the age of conquest and their aestheticism and wickedness. And the fact that America has been able to do what it has done for over two centuries is an absolutely astonishing enterprise and something that we should be mm. thankful for. So kneeling, kneeling is foolish on every single level, you're protesting nothing. We pay African-American men $120 million a year to dribble a leather ball. So I don't want to hear about racism. Sure, it exists in pockets because it exists in human nature across the world. And where it exists in pockets, show us and we'll eradicate it. But this culture, or we'll call it out, this culture is the least racist culture in the wow. world. Okay, Brother Nathaniel. <laughs> I knew you was going to say that. Man, he went from kneeling to the Roman <laughs> Empire. That was a pretty. That was awesome. Uh, it. I just, man, I just about took a yeah, running spell. I mean, right that's there. just nailing it. That's that's that's. It don't get no better than that. It don't get yeah, no and better. It, and than it really that. is. You know, I think I think um, in a what you just made a good point. I think if they knew if they really got the point you made, brother Austin, they, I think a lot of people would quit doing it because, in a sense. Which, by the way, my granddad had fought in World War II. He would say similar thing. He'd word it differently. But in a sense, the fact that... The, I was about to say that. That used to go without saying when I just right. said. We all the, do this. By kneeling, in a sense, because they're doing it when? During the national anthem. By kneeling, they're actually bringing tribute to the fact of what it stands for. And they don't really mean to do that, of course. I, I would say this, though. I, I think... I That's think that it. what bothers me just as, and I'm older than you guys, you know, it's and Nathaniel, brother, Nathaniel, you, you hit on this a while ago. I think a whole lot of this is nothing more than, because, you know, these guys, and, and you know, basically let's no offense to anybody involved, but it's an obscure 
college in an obscure part of an obscure state. I mean, it's like living at the dead end of a dead end of a dead end type of a scenario. I mean, it's, uh, so these guys that are sitting on the end of the bench, you know, their girlfriends told them something. They have no clue, maybe, because uh, you you know you see you see high school kids. I mean, next thing you know, if it wasn't if middle school kids weren't underage, they would be doing it too. I, I do think you hit on it a while ago. I think some of this is because the the team across town did it. Uh, I saw that. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know that these guys are thinking, "Hey, I'm with Colin Kaepernick," or "I'm with." You know, I think they think, well, LeBron did it, so I'm going to do it. I don't. Yeah, it's, it's, what, yeah, it's, it's what's, what's hip. hip right now. And, and and no one has the presence of mind to think, before I protest a country that's over two centuries old, I may want to try to understand what in the world it is. I think with my generation, this is a little different than you guys on this, maybe. Like me personally, being raised and being very influenced by, by, by men from World War II is if you're going to protest, they fought and bled and died for the freedom to protest. But I, I think the question that, especially, I guess, us, us old school guys have in this sense, is why at that time do you have to do that? You have before the game. You have after the game. You have on Saturday when there is no game or whatever. Why at that precise moment in time is it directly at the American flag in the national anthem instead of saying, you know, well, let's go, let's go maybe when the whole gym's not full, put it on. You got all kinds of media today. Do it yourself. Well, they're doing it at that flag for their. That looks strangely like work. They they act because, you know, the big, the big thing that they're saying now is that it's a whole lot more innocent that, that they're just trying to bring attention. But if that was the case, do you not think, Brother Nathaniel, that they would would do it at some other time instead of right during the national anthem? Did we lose Brother Nathaniel? I don't hear him. I think maybe we lost him. Well, okay. I hope we didn't. It says that he's connected here on my thing. Okay. Yeah, I see him connected. Go well, yeah, I think that on that on those lines, you know, it goes back to my whole thing. Uh, you know, go clean your room. Yeah, yeah, get get yourself together. It's it's a whole lot easier to draw attention to yourself through a pseudo political public stance than it is to make a difference in your local domain. To to be good to your family, to love your neighbor as yourself, to you know support your community, to get a job to make a difference in, in somebody's life, to go help somebody out of poverty, to use your gifts and talents to make a difference. You know, you want to eradicate racism. Don't be racist and, and tell others not to be in your own local domain and live by yeah. example. Yeah. I think, I we think lost him right there. I mean, that's a simple, that's a simple one. I've given that, that one out a lot. And, and, you know, no, there's no mommies and daddies at home saying that, Hey, why don't you go clean your room and shut? Who do right. you think you are type thing? Yeah. Well, brother Austin, I appreciate it. I think we've lost Nathaniel. So we're going to go ahead and, well, hey, I enjoyed it. I hate yeah, we can't I'll, I'll get a hold of him here. I don't know what's happened with our technology. But, folks, we're glad you tuned in uh, to Chapel Chimes. We want you to like, share, and subscribe. This will probably be our longer uh, podcast that we've done. Thank you so much. And we're going to pray and we'll close. Lord, I thank you for this time. I pray that you'd use this podcast to help somebody, encourage somebody, maybe make somebody think. And, Lord, we love you and praise you now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Brother Austin.